0: And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. It's Steve Zotke along with Jeff Rolowski. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Tony DeZeno. Tony, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, guys. Good to be back with you. It's been uh, been too long, to be honest.
0: Uh, it, it's been about a month, I guess. But uh, for those who are wondering, we are, full disclosure, we are pre-taping this because I will be chatting live on the show from Indianapolis, or I may have already, depending where Jeff decides to insert this clip. <laughs> so Yeah, so we got Tony in Indianapolis. We got Steve who's gonna be in Indianapolis, and I am the sorry sap that gets stuck here. Oh so thank you guys.
1: Thank why, you. Why Appreciate you stuck it. jail. Oh, this is not this is not cool. You need to be down here with having fun with us.
0: now well, hopefully next year, brother. Hopefully next yeah, year Yeah, that would be huh? really cool. Especially last last week where it was eighty five degrees down in Indianapolis and about lucky to be forty here. That was very nice that was painful so painful. we have pole qualifying it it's really starting to now the racing season we were like in second gear going into third now we're going up the fourth gear here with qualifying well with the uh indianapolis grand prix last week we got qualifying this weekend and then already it's going to be the indianapolis 500 next week Along with the World Six Hundred, and then we're in the summer. It's going to be June, so it's really starting to speed up, isn't it, Tony?
1: I am more excited. It's like once you get to May, it's basically Christmas for racing fans because you got all the NASCAR stuff, you got Indy Five Hundred coverage all month between that and Indy Car Grand Prix. You got F One in Monaco at the tail end of the month. I mean, there's there's such a palpable excitement that takes the initial three four races of the year, and then it's like, okay, this is when it really gets fun now. So. Um, you know, and it's not that the IndyCar Grand Prix isn't fun, but it's like, okay, a proper, a proper bump day comes back and we have no idea who's going to make it. And we've got 35 cars and there's no wankers in 35 cars. So, um, man, I I mean, it's, it's exciting stuff to to be, to be thinking about for
0: sure. What's the possibility of we hit 36? I mean, is there a possibility somebody brings out another car or is because of the engine lease programs? Everything's too tight to uh to take you know carry that out.
1: I don't want to say zero, but I mean it's a very slim chance because essentially where where you're at is so many of these indie only entrants have indie only crews. And you don't want to just, you know, throw a car together and then worry about a crew later type thing. A lot of times you're going to need to see mid to high six figures necessarily is what puts together an extra Indy 500 only program. Even though there's been drivers with budget, the challenge is if they're a rookie, they need to complete rookie orientation program, which the session for that happened earlier this week. We had a situation at Dale Coyne where Zachary Klayman DeMello got called out of the bullpen to replace Pietro Fittipaldi. So he was able to do it, but, like, if any other rookies would do it, they wouldn't be available. If there's any veterans available, they might have other commitments. So, um, you know, asking for 36, it would have needed to materialize probably three, four weeks ago if it was going to be realistic. And Chevrolet is really the only engine manufacturer with capacity to do that because they have 16 cars, whereas Honda has 19, which is one more than what they've usually had for the last few years when they've had 18.
0: Well, let's let's say we have – that's let's have some fun here let's say there's a manufacturer whether it be Chevrolet or Honda that has the two cars on the outside looking in and let's say another car is maybe crashed on the same team the same manufacturer I should say um, is would could that be a situation where they're saying well we don't want to be short you know two cars or three cars or whatever and and they have the means or a decent backup car to put in there. I mean, could that be a situ you know scenario that could possibly happen?
1: Depends on the driver that's available. I mean, Honda's that you know Honda's worst case scenario is two Hondas are going to be bumped out, and there's 17 Hondas and 16 Chevrolets. The best case scenario for Honda is there's 19 Hondas and 14 Chevrolets. So either way, Honda will have an edge uh, in terms of car count when we get to when we get to May. Uh, 27th for race day um however if there was like say a chevrolet guy that needed to to be put in you know somebody becomes available or a veteran driver is needed say someone gets you don't want to ask for this but say someone gets injured then you're running a twofold risk where it's like you don't want to have a situation where your car is out of the show if there's an incident but the problem is you're you're up against the clock on saturday because it's bump day qualifying on Saturday as opposed to Sunday. So if you have an incident or a mechanical issue, there's very little relapse or very little time to recover if you can do it. Kind of the way the nature of the schedule is set up, it's not as easy to plug and play a replacement driver if the replacement driver was available for Sunday as opposed to Saturday. So, um I'd love to see an extra one, but I'm not going to be disappointed that there's there's two more. I think it's good that there's two more, though, because if there was only one more, then you kind of have this awkward, well, could we start 34th? But with 35, it's like, okay, there's 35. If you're not in 33, then get out. So, I mean, that's yeah. not a
0: Pretty straightforward way of how, it, how it's going to go. I got one more scenario to throw. At, yeah. How about it's it's nineteen 19- <laughs> it's nineteen ninety seven again. Let's say they they bump out the two, and at six o'clock six o five on Sunday night there's 30, 33 cars. But then on Monday afternoon they announced the two cars that got bumped. We're actually going to let them start.
1: I really don't see that happening. Okay. However, there's always going to be there's going to be one or two. Like I, I worry about like okay, say Danica Patrick's on the outside looking in. Then you have a nightmare scenario. Where, exactly. Okay, your whole your whole big situation or your championship defender or your 500 winner. I mean, the, there is a failsafe mechanism for a force majeure to to have a guy qualify or guy or gal qualify the next day. If, that's, uh, if they're not able to, or not next day, sorry, out of the next initial session. Um, however, it's a case where, you know, I go back to the last proper bump day, which is in 2011, and you had 40 cars going for 33 spots. If you didn't make it, you were screwed, except if you were riding on a ray and you decided to buy your way back in because that's what the sponsor wanted. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's really interesting because – Of the 35 cars there's not like one or two that you look at and be like oh they're completely vulnerable because they're all quality entrants. that's what makes this year so so difficult to to prognosticate in terms of who gets on the outside looking in
0: interesting Uh, as we go into qualifying who's our favorite who's our front row prediction let's say is it gonna be a team Penske Uh, is it gonna be Honda's is it
1: man it's been really hard to gauge this week in practice because the no-toe speeds at the early part of the week were down a bit. They were only in the 221 to 223 range. Um, the way the new universal aero kit has worked is that it's um, basically all cars have the same spec. There's not as much room to trim out as there was in the previous car, so we haven't really had a, a chance to see who can really showcase what they're able to do. Penske's not qualified particularly well here the last couple of years. They've, they've struggled to get cars in the fast nine. Um, Ganassi's been the same way. I mean, yeah, they were pulled last year with Scott Dixon. However, they've been really struggling in their uh, single-car runs. so they were only mid, mid to low 20s uh, on, on Saturday. A guy that I always look at as a good pole threat is Ed Carpenter. Uh, he's been really strong both with the spec kit Uh, Dallara DW-12 that they had previously. They were going back-to-back pulls here in 13 and 14. Um, He was also really strong last year with the manufacturer kit when they qualified second. Um, That's a guy that I could look at as a front row. I would be shocked if there's not at least one to two Penske's in the fast nine. All four is a question mark and Asi with only two cars. They don't have the odds really in their favor. Andretti, meanwhile, with six cars, has a lot of guys they could put in. So, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, I would say one Penske, one Carpenter, and one Andretti car in the front row. All
0: right. I'll put you on the spot. Can you name all the cars for Andretti?
1: (laughs) Oh, I can go all day, Zaki. (laughs) I love it. Uh, we got our we got our our two past indy 500 champs and ryan under and alexander rossi we got marco andretti who's the perpetual i'm gonna make it but then i'm not gonna win the race type deal and you know is this marco's years like spring in in wisconsin like every year there's a marco story you got zach Veach who is in the 26 car that looks a lot like carlos munoz's old car from his rookie year it's got a striking yellow and orange paint scheme this month that is uh, a little different from what they've had for the year Zach's actually a good uh, good kid um i know a friend of the show he's been on a few times uh I, I don't see him as a fast nine contender necessarily but he'll be okay then you got your two wild cards which is stefan wilson back after a year's hiatus uh opportunity of a career for him you know in a fifth andretti autosport car and then carlos muñoz the dude who like sneaks up and all of a sudden he's like second with five laps to go. And you're like, where did he come from? And uh, Munoz is a six Andretti ready Autosport car. So uh, I think I passed the test on
0: that. Yes, you did. Very good. Uh, Danica, uh, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I let's, let's chat and Jeff feel, feel free to, to pine in. I, I, I think it's, it's great. You know, come on, come on in race uh, last race. I, I think it's, it's fine. Uh, and so far now, granted, you know, it's still a lot of TV to go yet, but I don't think it's been too too much. Have you?
1: No, pleasantly surprised by Danica, both in terms of the media attention she's gotten, but also the understanding of how different IndyCar is now compared to when she was here mm-hmm. last seven years ago. Um, she knows it's a different game now. She's got a lot of good people on the team that she's with at Carpenter Racing. And I know I'm on record as saying I don't think she'll win. But I'll be honest, she's, she's been impressive thus far in the practice week. Because here's the thing with her. She's smart in racecraft. She knows how to bring it home in one piece. And if she's running fourth, fifth, whatever it is, 20 laps to go, if it, if it becomes a fuel mileage race, Carpenter has nothing to lose by saying, hey, you know, dial it back, try to make, sure. try to make this number, and you can make it home. So, the, the the catch with Danica is, is very simple. She winning the race would be excellent for her brand. It would be terrible for IndyCar because it's like yep. you know somebody that hasn't driven one of your cars in seven years, waltzes up, drives a green 13, which is the, you know, bad luck du jour of race cars – and somebody that is just showing up your entire field. Same reason I didn't want Alonzo to win last year. Same reason I didn't want Kurt Busch. Get your solid top four or five finish, you know, be like, I proved I can still hack it, but, you know, I'm not I'm not overshadowing the race. And I think I think with her, that's kind of the balancing act. And, you know, she's got a lot of similar people back. And uh, well, the, uh, I don't know. I mean, I rate her a lot higher than I'd rate Spencer Piggott in this race, for instance, one of her teammates. You know, because she knows how to race this event at the front. You know, Spencer. You know, a lot of talent in the Mazda Road Indy, but has never really been able to put a 500 mile race together yet. This is only his third one ever. And whereas Danica, is somebody that knows how to run this race, and I think she's, I think she's approaching it with the right mindset.
0: Now, real quick, Tony, because we got to get to break. But say Danica. You know, we go to Bizarro Land. Hell freezes over. Say she wins the Indy 500. Will she have a ride for every race the rest of the season?
1: No, no, I think it would be a very simple I'd be a very simple deal where she could say, "I won the race. I'm gonna do my media tour. I'm gonna do all the things that come with it." Um, what it could do is it could prolong her career beyond this May, where it's like, "Oh, great, I've won the race now. Maybe I can come back and defend it. Maybe I can become a two time winner so I think I think you could see her back in Indy in subsequent years. However, I don't think that it would lead to anything in the rest of the full season. I don't think she'd want it, number one. And, and number two, I don't think it would, it would behoove her as a brand
0: uh, to, to advance beyond that point. We're talking to Tony DeZeno on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk more. Indianapolis Qualifying with Tony DeZeno on the Final Inspection Show. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is Tony DeZeno. And, Tony, of course, you're down in Indianapolis, but you're working too, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Um, so in the past, uh, the Final Inspection listeners will have known my work with uh, the NBC Sports website. i had a couple uh, shifts in that over the off season. I had an opportunity in the IMSA Sports Car Paddock, which is my – my primary role, um, and then for IndyCar, I'm working with Trackside Online, which is a uh, subscription service. But it, for 22 bucks for the year, it is a smorgasbord of information and stats and insight from the the IndyCar paddocks. And my colleague Steve Wooditch and I, uh, and our other colleague Patrick Stefan, who's out in Colorado, uh, we're at every event, and uh, it's, you know it's a good it's a good combination, and uh, it's always you know, a treat to be able to to still do this, where uh, to be on the IndyCar circuit, and so. Um, yeah, that's a new thing for this year, but uh, subscribe, and here we go. It's
0: one of the best buys in racing. Trackside online, make sure you look them up. Uh, Tony, what's your first Indianapolis 500 qualifying memory?
1: So, this is a really cool year for me, Z-Man, because uh, we're in 2018, and the first Indy 500 I ever covered was in 2008, and I covered qualifying weekend that year, which is the first year I ever qualified, sorry, first year I ever qualified, um, first year, I ever covered qualifying, which w- had bump day that year, which was um, Buddy Lazier and Roger Yasukawa, and Max Pappas, and Mario Dominguez had bump day that year. Oh, that yes. Uni- the unification year. Mm-hmm. And so there were four or five extra cars going for, for four spots. So Phil Guy were toast at O's on Saturday. He's done. Pappas never makes a qualifying attempt. Yasukawa's too slow. So it comes down to a, a, a two-on-one between Mario Dominguez and Buddy Lazier. Buddy Lazier's car had no pace all week. It was a late entry. They only got running Thursday or Friday. You know, Hemelgarn was, was kind of, you know, they used to be good in the IRL days, but in the, the merge series they were kind of a one-off only entry. Lazier's like, I'm going to throw the wing back three, four, five degrees. It has no business making it work. He sticks. He throws down a uh, sorry, 219, 218, you know. He gets in the field. Dominguez is running quicker on the first and second lap. He runs a quicker first lap, and then he bends it in turn one on, on the second lap, and he's eaten. done at that point. So, like, <laughs> it was it was so – I'm standing on pit lane, and I'm watching Carol Azir and Buddy having an embrace, and, you know, it was really close. It was really nice to be close to Carol Azir and Buddy in that moment. So, um, you know, that, that kind of set the tone. Of, like, in no other race can qualifying 32nd be this awesome – but it was that It was cool. cool. The, yeah. the, other, the, other, the other bump day memory, just real quick, was in 2011. So I graduated from Marquette University in the morning, but I'm still in my college apartment, and my college apartment is versus, so I'm able to watch bump day qualifying. And, of course, that was the last proper bump day. There's 40 cars going for 33 spots. And to this day, I will forever be grateful that I saw on TV Alex Lloyd Friggin' Pink Lloyd, Dale Coyne, has no business being in the show. Not for any of his fault or the crew's fault. They just they just couldn't find it. Lloyd bumps out one of the Andretti cars and it leaves them. Ryan Hunter awful, Ray in a awkward position where it's yep. like, oh no, Hunter Ray and Marco are in this like joint oh crap, we're both on the outside looking in type thing, and Marco then finally comes back and bumps Hunter Ray out, which leaves Hunter Ray yep. like, Oh my gosh, I'm on the outside looking in. And it was just in no other race is qualifying thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second that dramatic. And and that's what I love about the fact we have thirty five this year is because we're gonna get something, you know, later this afternoon where it's like how did this happen? Why did this happen? Who's going to be screwed? Who's going to make something happen that had no business happening that we're going to be talking about for years? So, you know, I've had I've had coffee with Lloyd a few times, and, and you know, I, I flash back. I'm like, yeah, you finished fourth in the race the year before, but I remember when you qualified that sucker 31st of the next year. It was like that was that good.
0: It it it's so much. That is so true. Some of the best runs or driving that some of these drivers have done is stink, you know, sticking some box in the show right at the, on the last day. And it's funny that, that you mentioned that, that, you know, cause we were standing probably mere feet apart, uh, w- but cause I was down by buddy Lazier and I, we were watching you could see Dominguez was trying <laughs> everything and you knew it wasn't going to end well. You know, it was just no, like, he's, totally to it, yeah. <laughs> he's either going to make it or hang it on the wall. And you're thinking, he's hanging on the wall, and that's exactly what he did. And, yeah, I mean, the the you can just feel the tension and all the the, the, the highs and the lows of, of emotion on Pitt R- Road. It, it's just it's, it's amazing to, to be there live. Uh, one of my, one of my, it's not really a favorite memory, but it was kind of, it was a funny memory is when the, the Tony Stewart, AJ Foyt kerfuffle with what, if he was going to qualify that Conceco car. And I mean, there was times where, you know, oh yeah, it looks like he might then you're, but you kept on saying to yourself, no, he's a Chevy driver and it's a Toyota. That ain't going to work. And it's, it never did work. It would have been a lot of fun seeing him try and qualify that car but uh my my actually my first memory is when i'm seven years old and i you know i I know i'm listening to i knew qualifying was happening and this is when i really started to understand racing and that and it's 1973 and i i come up out of my bedroom or somewhere and my mom is kind of crying and i'm going like what's wrong and she goes oh art pollard was killed and i didn't really know who art pollard was but they they knew they 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 had you know they weren't close friends with them but they you know they they, they shared a few beers with them and he was killed that morning on pole day in '73 in a real grisly accident and it was like wow was, this that is tough, that was a tough year tough yeah year. it, was it, it, it that was year. kind of the start of it too of of, of you know indie it, it just got worse from there and uh, that really that was the first time I ever see my mom cry up from something outside of the family type thing. You know and it's like wow this is kind of a rough uh rough deal here and so yeah it was from there on it was like i kind of hardened me up real quick you know when it comes to racing but yeah qualifying at India is certainly special and uh it uh i remember 1992 was really special when uh, uh gary i think it was the first guy was gary bettenhausen to break the track record that was really exciting and then I think it was Crawford. Oh, we're we're right. With, uh, Crawford, I think, was one of the guys. Oh, yeah. And then uh and then eventually it was Guerrero. Guerrero then Guerrero. broke the right. ended up with the pole. And it was a just a that was a crazy year too. A lot of stuff happening, but I was so happy when Gary Bettenhausen. Broke the record. I didn't think he was going to get keep the pole. I'm thinking, well, as long as he's on the front row, and darn it, he ended up qualifying fourth, so he didn't make the front row. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool deal.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I was I was only a handful of years old at that point, you know, two, three, and, and ninety two. But uh, I remember I have a VHS tape of that year's race, and uh, I don't know if we ever converted it to a DVD, but it, you know, it's online now. Everyone can look back on it. I mean, that year. Uh, between the the poll day stuff, the Mm -hmm. the, uh, bump day stuff, I mean, you had, I think I was 10 past Indy 500 winners in that field. Mears, Foyt, and Allenther all had their only opportunity that they wound up going for their fifth win, as opposed to just the four. Then you had a a rookie class that included, you know, PT, Jimmy Vassar, Lynn St. James, and a bunch of guys that, you know, did one or two races in their careers. Um, What a story, right? Goodyear, you know, didn't even make the race winds up in a backup car and you know get him within four you know four or five hundreds and comes up short to al jr so um yeah 92 is definitely one of the all-timers even for uh you know the tens of thousands of crashes that happened that race true
0: story first time i met jimmy vassar i forget where where we met him and i wasn't 40. i wasn't a credentialed media person there that was my last year i wasn't credentialed down there and i'm down there with a bunch of guys and there's a lot of drinking going on, I will admit. And uh we see Jimmy Vassar, it was he was signing stuff. You, I don't know if this was at like the Kroger or something, but I, I know one of my buddies said, Hey, break a leg and well, he went out there and yep, during the race <laughs> broke a leg. <laughs> so Yeah, don't uh yeah, you, you can say that to actors, but don't say that to race car drivers, especially in the nineteen nineties. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the nineties. So, well, Tony, we certainly appreciate you joining us and uh, give us a quick prediction, a poll winner.
1: a a friend of mine and I have a preseason pool where we pick our our winners and then we pick the poll winner for Indy. So I picked Ed Carpenter as my poll winner preseason, so I'm going to stick with that.
0: That's a good pick, Ed Carpenter. I will go with uh, Rossi. And we'll give Jeff Danica. <laughs> yeah, no very plans. good. I like that. I'll take Will Power. Okay. Ooh, Will Power. Yeah, it is. Well, we'll see. I still say Danica's better. We'll give Eddie Danica. How's that? Yeah, that's there that, right, that we good. can work with. All right. Tony, I'll see you down there in a few days and uh looking uh forward to a fun weekend. Should
1: be good, G man. Take care,
0: man. All, All right. About. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Tony DeZino joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and we'll have more final inspection coming up after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.